You are listening to the MZBC Students Greenhouse Podcast. For more information about Mount Zion Baptist Church, go to mzbc.net slash students or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MZBC Students. If you got your Bibles, if you want to head to the, uh, the book of 1 John, that's where we're going to be tonight, book of 1 John. It's toward the back of your Bible. It's really, really tiny. Um, it's like probably like three pages if you have a favorite Bible, so you may miss it if you're going quick. Uh, so first John in chapter two is where we're going to be. Um, and it's not going to be on the screen because screen don't work. So uh, you're going to have to get something to look at it. There's copies of the Word of God on, on the, on the um, windowsills over there if you need one on both sides. And then if you have an app or something, or you can just like Google First John 2, and you'll be probably there. I don't know, man. Like how, That's probably how that works. Um, <laughs> tonight, we're going to be talking about your love life, but not in the way you think. Not like that. Not that love life. You're like, oh, we're doing that again? Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of. A little bit. Um, a little bit in a little different, a little different avenue. I mean, like, our, like we, we talked about this before. We talk about this kind of often, that, that your, our culture uh, is really kind of love-obsessed. But the, the thing that they define as love is not the way, not the thing that this thing defines as love. There was a podcast a while back, I don't know what it was called, um, or a message that we put on the podcast about defining, uh, defining love the way the Bible does, and, and especially as it relates to dating. Um, you should go listen to that. Uh, but, but so specifically, like, like we had this culture that, that like singing about and talking about and writing about and making signs of protest about love and loving people. Seems like that comes with some conditions, though. Uh, see, because like when I when I go out into just normal world, normal life, doesn't necessarily feel very loving. Most of the interactions that we kind of have with people are a little bit loveless, uh, where people are angry and hateful, and um, uh, pretty appalled if you have any kind of opinion that deviates from theirs. Um, uh, that people love to call other people unloving all the while while they're spewing hate at them. Um, it just feels very, uh, doesn't feel like love to me, you know. Then um, you come to Scripture, you come to the Word of God, and it's just consistently talking about this, 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 this God who is love, and then calls us to love. Quit, tell the kid you're talking to to be quiet. Like, like there, there's, there's this God who, who's consistently calling us to be people of love. And we've talked about how repeatedly how that, that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't mean at all that we're supposed to have these emotions toward all people. That's not what, God can't command you to have an emotion. God can't command you to have warm fuzzies toward people. That's not what he's talking about. If God's commanding you to do something, then that's, it's an action. So if, if you, can command, you can't command an emotion, you'll command action. So if God's calling you to love people, there's, there's an action that he's intending for you to, to do. And what scripture repeatedly says is that the way that we're called to love people is to love people the way that Jesus loved people. And the way that Jesus loved people was that he left heaven and came down here to slum it with us. To live a life serving people like you. Like the eternal God of the universe served normal people like you. That doesn't seem right. And served them to the, to the point of, of literally like giving up his life, like dying, like being crucified on a cross for them. Like, that's the way that Jesus loved people, and repeatedly in Scripture it says that's, that's what we're called to do. But we don't, do we? Most of the time we get that wrong. A lot of times we get that wrong. And there may be a select few people in your life that you're, you're nailing that. Like if you're a Christian in the room, there may be some people that you're, you're putting that into practice, and you're loving people sacrificially, and you're doing a great job with 
you know, at least a handful of people, man, that's awesome. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about everybody else. Because what I see in the world and what I, is it's kind of the same thing I see in my own heart sometimes, and maybe you see in yours, is that we're people who have a tendency to hold grudges. We're a tendency to, people, to be people who write people off. Sometimes you just don't like somebody's face and you don't know why. You're like, I just don't like that dude's face. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, that's, that's who we are, man. Like, that, like that's, we're, we're the kind of people that when someone uh, says something about us one time, we might not talk to them for three years. We're, we're the kind of person that, um, we, that, the, that the person that we can't stand may not, may not even know that there's an issue, but that we just, we just we can't stand them. They're done. Does that sound like Jesus? That doesn't sound like nothing like Jesus. There's got to be something we can, we can do here. Like, it's, it's, it, it. We're not supposed to be hateful people, Christians. But we really do, man. We can't stand people who wrong us, right? There's people in your life that have wronged you. By and large, we can't stand them. There is no, uh, there's no love in that equation. This doesn't sound like Jesus. You know, last week we talked about um, how to know that you know Jesus. That's on the podcast too, I think. Um, and if, if you ever wonder about whether or not that you, you know that you know Jesus, then you should listen to that. Um, but, but we talked about basically like if uh, you, you evaluate, you can, you can kind of test the validity and the strength of your relationship with God based off how, how you're living your life. If you're, if you're walking like Jesus, then, then okay, great. And if you're not, then when you're not following him. And if you're not following him, then maybe you don't know him. And so that's where, that, with that premise, that's where we're going to start tonight. Because in, 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 in 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 6, that's, that's where we kind of ended last week. It says, whoever says, whoever says he abides in Jesus, who like is attached to Jesus, whoever says that, they ought to walk in the same way he which, in which he walked. And what, what John's about to do is he's about to give you a very specific way that you're supposed to be walking like Jesus. Specifically, he's going to say that you should be loving the same way that Jesus loved. All right, so if you've got your Bible, look at with me in uh, verse, verse 7. It says, Beloved, I'm writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you've heard at the, at the same time. In the same way, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and true in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Listen, verse 9. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Listen, like, like that, there's a lot going on in there, and we're going to unpack that, and I want you to be able to grasp this because um, I want you to understand very clearly what, what you've been called to do and why you've been called to do it, that, that you've been called to love like Jesus loves, and I want you to understand why. So, so back all the way up to verse 7. Put your eyes on verse 7. It says, Beloved, I'm writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment's the word that you've heard. It's like, there's, this is not something new here. This idea that he's about to bring out, this, this love God the way, like, love people the way that God loves people, is not a new thing. Like, like this, this, God set this up all the way back in Leviticus 19 in the very front of your Bible when he set up the law. He's like, you're, you're supposed to love people well. Love people as yourself. 
Like, love people like you love yourself. You love you. Like, you think you is awesome, okay? Like, you, you take care of you. You make sure you eat three meals every day or five or six sometimes. Like, you, you take care of you, man. Like, Leviticus 19 is, it says, like, you're supposed to, you are going to love people, should love people as yourself. So that's, this isn't anything new, but in verse 8 he says, but it kind of is new. It kind of is new. It says at the same time, it kind of is a new commandment I'm writing to you because it's, it's, it's true in him and it's true in you. Essentially what he's saying is that his command to love people, it took on this new fullness when Jesus came. The command had always been there to love people like, like you love yourself, but then Jesus like elevated it. Jesus expanded it. Jesus lived it. Before that, it had just been words, but Jesus like actually did that. He loved you and me more than himself. No one ever done that before. And so then all of a sudden, it, it, it is a new command because the command is expanded. It's not just words. Now it's a person, and you're following this Jesus. You're trying to love like Jesus loved, and Jesus loved you more than he loved himself. He was willing to sacrifice himself for you. It's, it's basically, it's saying it, this fulfillment, this, this law from Leviticus 19 has been fulfilled in this Jesus, and it's, and it's, it's, it's also, and in you. It says it's, it's been, it was, it's true in him, and it's in you. Like in the church, there's something true about the way that, that believers love each other. You've been, like, if you, if there was a season of life, or most, all of your life, before you actually, like, plugged in here, or if you're plugged into some other church, that's awesome, like, and you feel this, it's different, Right? Like that's, that's one of the things that we sit around and talk about. We talk about how it feels like family. How does 200 people feel like family? There's, this, there's something unique in the way that, that believers love one another, and there's, it's, it really is unique across all of creation. People don't like each other like this. People don't love each other like this. People don't take care of each other like this. But here we do. It's, saying it's, it's being fulfilled. It, it was fulfilled in Jesus, and it's being fulfilled in you. And then it says this. It says, and the, the, the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining or starting to shine. What that, what that means is that this, this lovelessness, like our natural way that we don't, we don't really take care of people, we don't love people, we take care of ourselves, and we're all kind of selfish, selfish jerks, like that's the darkness. And it's saying that since Jesus came into the world and, and, and Christians are starting to love each other well and we're trying, like some light's coming into where the darkness was and the darkness is on the run. You loving people well is like a little beacon of light in the midst of a dark, loveless world. Or at least it's supposed to be. Does that make sense? Like when you go out into the world and it's not loving and people don't love one another, they're not sacrificing for one another, they're just taking care of themselves. That's the way the whole world operates. That's darkness. And then these, these Christians show up, these people who have seen the way that Jesus loves them. They're trying to love other people like that, and it's like this light penetrating that darkness out there. We just said, we're just saying, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. The way that happens is that you and I walk out the door and we love people well. You're supposed to be this tiny little beacon of light piercing the darkness. You ever been in an airplane and you're you know, 30,000 feet in the air flying at night? And you can look down and you can see individual lights. That always freaks me out. Like, how can I see an individual light bulb from 30,000 feet? I feel like it should all just kind of like blob together or something, but it doesn't. You can still make out individual points of light in the darkness. Can your friends point to an individual point of light in the darkness of your school or your team 
and identify that point of light as you. I know when I was in high school, that's a hard no. Are you living like that? Are you living in a way that when you walk out the door, you love people so well that it's light breaking through darkness in the world? Do you know people like that? Have you ever met somebody like that that actually was trying to love you or love other people well, and they're trying to serve people, and they're always trying to build people up, and it just felt like Jesus was kind of there a little bit? You know, have you ever met somebody like that? I hope you have. They're awesome people. (laughs) You should find them, okay? Like, or just be them. Well, that'd be better. But, like, if you just, man, like, my friend Jay's like that. Jay texted me this morning, and, like, like 6 o'clock, I wasn't even awake yet. I'm like, stop, why is my phone buzzing? Well, Jay's loving me. Anyway, so like Jay sent me a message and like was like, hey man, I just wanted you to know I was praying for you this morning and like sent me a passage and it was like dead on for where I was in life. And like once a week that dude sends me a message and just like says awesome stuff. I never sent him a message at six o'clock in the morning, right? I'm like, oh man, you beat me again. One day I'm gonna message Jay first, okay? I'm gonna get there. The score's gonna be like a thousand to one by then, but fine, whatever. Jay's one of those dudes who just, he's, a, he's like a beacon of light in the midst of the darkness. Just loves, loves people well. What about you? Could I see you from 30,000 feet? Because it says darkness, like it's being fulfilled, it was fulfilled in Christ, it's being fulfilled in us, and the darkness is on the run. And, and it's, like, it's like Christians loving one another and loving the world well is supposed to feel like dawn. There's, there's the fact that we have this student ministry, 150, 200 high school students gathering together week in, week out. Like, does it feel like dawn in our community? When the combined light of, of 200 of us, does that feel like dawn in our community? We got a church over here. Like, the, when Mount Zion gathers together, there's, there's 1,300 people. There's 1,800 people, no, 1,900 people or something on, Sunday, on, on Easter Sunday. Like, I don't know how many people it would be if everybody showed up at once. But if Mount Zion showed up at once, would it feel like 2,000 beacons of light? scattering darkness it's supposed to that's the way the church is supposed to function like we're supposed to be loving people the way that jesus loved people and it's supposed to be so odd and so intrusive into the darkness of the world that it it stands out can your friends point to you being an individual beacon of the love of christ in your world i don't know Jesus had this way of expanding commandments. And so the commandment was from Leviticus 19, but he expanded it over and over again. And he said it was the second greatest commandment in Mark 12, 31. And in John 13, 35, he, he, he said that the way that all people were going to know that you were his followers were by how well you loved one another. It's clearly a big deal to him. How well we're loving one another and the rest of the world. Like, it's clearly a big deal to Jesus. I just, I don't know if it's a big deal to us. Because in, 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 in 1 John 2, 9, John starts to get in your face pretty hardcore. Right? Like he he kind of goes after you a little bit. Look at verse 9. He says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Just, that's straight. Like just whoever says that he walks in light. And so Jesus is the light of the world. Whoever says that he's walking in light, that means whoever says they're a Christian. All right? Whoever says they're a follower of Jesus. Whoever says that and hates his brother, is fake. That stings a little, doesn't it? Because I can think of some people I'm pretty hateful towards. Can you? Man, like, whoever, 
whoever says, like, I, I love, it, I love it. it, whoever says, it's not like whoever is, like whoever is actually doing something, whoever makes this claim that they're a follower of Jesus. We talked about that last week, that anybody can claim that they're a follower of Christ, anybody can claim that they're a Christian. Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Being a Christian, actually following Jesus, actually loving people like Jesus loved people, is, that's, that's, that's the root of it. It's not saying anything. It doesn't matter what you claim about yourself. So you can say that you're a super loving person and you're really nice to people, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's about the evidence of your life. What's your life say? I don't care what you say. What does your life say? Whoever says he's in the light. It's pointing to this proof that like, if, if, if it walks like a duck, it's a duck. If it, if it walks like Jesus, Jesus, he's a follower of Christ. And if it doesn't, you got some questions to answer. If you say you're in the light and, and, you, and you hate your brother, like, it's just like it doesn't compute. That's in verse 10, he, he, goes on, he goes on to say in verse 10, he says, whoever, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. It doesn't say say there. It says whoever, whoever says in verse 9, whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother, still not, but whoever actually, whoever loves his brother, whoever's doing it, whoever's not making the claim but is actually doing it, it's that person who abides in the light and abides in Christ. Because in him, there's no cause for stumbling. Listen, you and I, we have, to, we have to do this. We have to, like, actually, this passage forces you to evaluate the way that you're loving people. It makes me evaluate whether I'm actually loving people or not. And I'm not talking about warm, fuzzy emotion feelings. That's not, that's not, the, that's not the word I'm using here. I'm talking about practically, intentionally, by choice, loving people. Are you doing that? Or not? Just like, just gut check, just, just you, I, just, I, I mean, if you're zoning out right now, hang it, like, look at me, okay? Like, just in your heart of hearts, answer this question. How many people are you actually, practically, intentionally loving the way Jesus loves you? How many people? Three? Eight? Twenty-six. I got like how many people are you actually loving the way Jesus loves you? Well, you're, man, you're you're trying to serve them. You're trying to you're trying to leave your comfort. You're trying to take care of them as as well or better than you take care of yourself. You're laying your life down for them. How many people are you just you put it on the line for day in day out, man? Like when 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 they wrong you, you're you're loving them the way that Jesus loved you who wronged him. You're overlooking wrongs, man. You're just plowing right through them for for that person's good. How many people? Can you count on one hand? Can you count with no fingers? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, 10 says that whoever loves his brother is the one who abides in light. Well, how, how well are you loving people? That's a gut check for me. At verse 11, he, he kind of, <coughs> he restates the inverse. Verse 11, he says, but whoever hates his brother, he's in darkness. He walks in darkness. Remember that verse 6 was whoever, whoever uh, says he, he follows Jesus ought to walk in the way that Jesus walked. Whoever hates his brother is walking in darkness. Doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. It says that whoever hates his brother is in darkness. Man, there, there may be some people that you can't stand. Are there some people you can't stand? Yeah. Absolutely there are. There's some people that you just cannot stand to be around. Like if you never saw their face again, um, you'd give somebody a high five, you know, those kind of people. You've got them. 
Maybe, maybe there's some people that on your worst day you would even say that you hated. I know we all try to not to say that word and somehow that like makes it mean that we're not hateful, but yeah, whatever. I mean, if you're just being honest, there's some people that, that you're, you're feeling towards, your, your hopes and dreams for uh, would fall in the category of hate, right? Man, what this passage is saying to me, has been saying to me, is that, that our hearts and our actions can't stay there. That if, we're, if I'm going to live a life in obedience to Christ, if I'm going to walk with Jesus, my, I, can't, I can't leave those relationships there. So if you've got some relationships like that, then, then something has to change in your heart. Something may need to change between the two of you, but it's got to change in your heart. So maybe, maybe you'd say, maybe, Britain, Britain, yeah, there's some people I don't really like that much, but I'm, I'm very sweet, right? I'm a sweet person. I don't hate anyone, right? People always tell me that. I don't hate anyone. Now, I, I'm, <laughs> I don't believe you. I just don't, okay? Maybe I'm just a worse person than you, but I don't, I don't buy it. But so if that's you and you're saying, man, I don't, I don't, I don't hate anybody. I, just, I love everybody. Hang on a second. All right, look, listen. Like I said, in verse 9 through 11, did you see three options? Like he told you, like, love people or hate people. You got two, right? Do you see a third in there anywhere? Look at the passage. Try to find it. Nope. You got 9 and 11 talking about hating people, and you got 10 sandwiched there in the middle. It's the peanut butter and jelly part. It's the love part. If you hate them, this. If you love them, this. If you hate them, this. There's no, there's no other thing. There's no third thing. So where do the people you ignore come in? What about the people you're neutral to? I don't hate anybody. Are you neutral to some people? Yeah. Like, like six billion of them. I mean, yeah. There, yeah. Are, you, are there some people that you're neutral to? Are there some people at your school that you're neutral to? You've got the, the handful that you're trying to love really well, and you're trying to make sure that they like you, and you're trying to be good to them and take care of them and say all the nice things about them and their cool new shoes they got. But like, like, and you're trying to, them, you know, you got them. And everybody else over here that you interact with, you're like, I, I really can't stand you, and I'm going to give you the stink eye every time I walk past you. I'm going to cold shoulder you so hard. I'm not even going to look up and give you the nod. I'm just going to keep trucking. There was a girl for like the entire year, one year in high school, got mad at me, and we would walk past each other every day in the hallway. Every year, Jessica knows who it is. Like, we would walk past each other every day in the hallway, and every, every day in the hallway, I I'd say, hey. And every day, she would just keep her eyes laser focused on the floor in front of her, and she would just walk past me with this like scowl on her face. I don't even remember what I did to that girl. Apparently, I was terrible. I don't know. But like, she just was, woo, man. She was ignoring me. She doesn't hate me. She's just ignoring me. But there's some people like in your class, and they just sit in the back of the room. And maybe they have like their their like headphones in or whatever because school is weird and they let you do that stuff now. Like, and 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 they just they just are like just isolated. And there's that, like, that body language wall up where they're saying, I don't want to talk to anybody. And so you're like, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm going to talk to the people I want to talk to. I'm going to scout the people I can't stand. And that dude in the back, I'm just not going to worry about him. He's fine. Yeah, if you look at his face, he looks like his life is terrible. But it, he's fine. You know, I don't need to fool with him. He's good. What, what, what verse did it talk about neutral? What, what verse did it give me and you the okay to ignore people? What, what verse did it say that, that neutral is an option, that I, that I have the option to be unconcerned? Is ignoring people neutral? Is a lack of concern about someone neutral? 
Can, can, I, can I be unconcerned that 11 million people have been displaced in a civil war in Syria in the last several years? Can I, can I just not care about that? Does Jesus not care? Do I, do I have the option to be completely unconcerned about people struggling in my community? Can I just not care about the lowliest um, state of people? Can I, do I have the option of not caring and not, not feeling anything about kids who can't get food in the weekends? Like, is that, a, is that okay? Can, they just be, can I be neutral towards that? Can you be unconcerned about the kid who never talks to anybody in your class? The kid that you know has no friends, you know that's completely alone. Can you, it, it, can you, can you be unconcerned about them? See, I, I don't think John's given us that option. It seems to be saying that my choices are to love people like Jesus loves people or to hate them, to diminish them, to ignore them, to trample them. What John seems to be categorizing as being as being hateful. Listen, Jesus told a story one time about a man who was beaten and left for dead. And some other people were in that story who walked by and they caused no more harm, but nor did they do anything. Those people were not called loving and they weren't called neutral. The ones who walked by without a word were considered hateful. I've walked by too many people in my life. So have you. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there's no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. How well are you loving people? If I'm found in Christ, if I'm claiming Jesus, if I'm saying that I've, I've come to experience and know this love and I'm going to follow him with my whole life, I'm going to live my life for Jesus, man. Like whatever Jesus calls me to do, I'm going to do. He's like, just love people. And I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good with ignoring them. Is that okay? <laughs> Can I settle for that? No. No. So practically, like what do we do with this passage? All right, like the passage, like just from a gut level, passage will tear you up, but like just practically, what do you do with this? What do you do with somebody you can't stand? I've just got four, four suggestions. I mean, it's not, it's not in the passage, but I, I do think they come from like the ideas of scripture, like the principles of scripture, all right? So I got four suggestions for people you can't stand. I might want to jot these down because there's people you can't stand. Only, only, <laughs> I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say that only the people who can't stand somebody should write these down, but all of you should write them down, okay? Don't make the rest of us feel bad, okay? So, so four suggestions. One, Ask God to soften your heart towards them. All right? Just ask God. Like, listen, my heart is like a stone towards that person. God, you got to help me soften. You got to help soften my heart. You got to ask God. Like, like, I need you to give me a little bit of your heart for that jerk. Okay? I need you to give me your heart for them. That's the first one. The second one, start praying for them. Start praying for them consistently. Like daily pray for the people that you can't stand. And don't pray like, God, I pray that you would wipe them off the face of the earth, okay? Like, <laughs> like man, you know what they're, you probably know what they're struggling with, man. Like you, you get it. Pray big prayers for them. Like legitimately pray for them. It'll help your heart. 
Third, serve them. Serve the people you can't stand repeatedly. Walk by, ask if you can take their tray. They'll probably think you're being, you know, manipulative or something. It's fine. Just take their tray anyway, okay? <laughs> Serve them repeatedly. Do something for them. Try to care for them. Take care of them. Do something. And the last one is, is talk it out if you need to. Talk it out if you need to. Now, when you, <laughs> side note. If you decide that you need to talk it out with them, don't just go tell them that you hated them or hate them currently, okay? Like one time we were doing the encouragement candle thing. If you've been a part of the encouragement candle thing, we sit in a circle, there's candles. We walk around and say nice things to each other because something magical happens when there's candles and all of a sudden we can say nice things to each other. Um, anyway, I was in the encouragement candle thing and like three girls down from me, there was some junior high girls, and you're, which probably means you're high schoolers, which probably means you're in the room. And I'm about to shame you publicly right now, but don't tell anybody it was you. Just, just bury that, okay? Just pretend it wasn't. Okay, <laughs> junior high girl walks up to junior high girl and says this. Uh, I just wanted you to know, like, for a long time, I just really didn't like you. But this week, I've kind of figured out you're okay. All right, and then leaves. Like, that's it. <laughs> Don't do that, okay? That's not working it out, all right? Don't do that. But if you need to talk it out, talk it out. All right, next. More things to write down. What do you do with people that you ignore? What do you do with people that you've ignored? This one's easier. This is just engage. Just engage. Engage people. All the people. Engage them. The kid in the back of the class, the homeless guy sitting at Mapco. Like, engage. Engage can mean a smile. Engage can mean, hey, how you doing? Engage can be asking somebody how their day's been, asking what they're into, starting up a conversation, trying repeatedly to have a conversation. Engage. That's, that's kind of it. Just find ways to show some love to somebody. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be massive. How can you engage? Think about the people you ignore. You got to know how you can engage them. If you don't write something down, if you don't think it through, if you don't talk about it in your small group, you're not going to do it. You got to engage. And then last, man, I just, I just want to remind you, don't forget the why. Like, I'm, I'm, we're, we're not, you, listen, like, we're not, we're not trying to be all sweet and loving and take care of people and serve people because we're trying to be, like, ethically or morally good. We're doing this because Jesus has called us to. We're, we're loving people because Jesus loves people. We're loving people because Jesus loved me. I, I, I love, I'm trying to love people because Jesus loved me. He's the why. The why isn't just to love people just to be a nice and good person. I don't care about that. That has no benefit in the universe whatsoever. Like, Jesus loved you and died for you and bled out on a cross for you and called you to love people the same way he did. And so there's an obedience to that. We love people because Jesus loved people. When we get, when we get over to 1 John four nineteen, John puts it this way. He said, we love because he loved first. The reason why. You're going to love the people that you, you can't stand. The reason why you're going to try to love people that you, you've ignored is because he loved you first. Don't forget that. I want to pray for you, and you guys are going to your groups. Father, um, I am bad at this. We're bad at this. We like loving the people that love us and kind of nobody else. Um, so, God, my prayer for myself and all the rest of us is that we would, we would grow in our picture of the way that you loved us and that we would strive to emulate that, that we would strive to love like you 
loved us. Father, convict me and, and the rest of convict us of, of where we've been unloving, of where we've been hateful, and show us what to do about it. It's your Sunday, I pray. Amen. All right, you guys are going to your groups.